Welcome to the Be Real podcast. I am your host, Diana Gasparoni. I am a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her programs. Along with my amazing co-hosts, Anisha Salisbury and Divya Robin, each week we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists from various disciplines and schools of thought, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought-provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We will give you tips and insights to taking the next steps, or if you have already gotten in the door, to go deeper. Each week, we are going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions, reminding you that you are not alone. Mental health is my passion. I practice what I preach. I know that the struggle is real. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content, leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together and look underneath the surface and get real. Hi, and welcome to episode six of Be Real. Nisha and I are super excited today. We have a very good friend of mine at the beginning of the at the beginning of today's episode, uh, Jamie Lieberman, and she's going to give us a little, she's going to join us in the conversation of what it's like to now be working at home and working at home with your partner and working at home and being a school teacher because that happened. And then in the second half of the episode, which we are equally as excited about, we flip the tables and our amazing producer, Don becomes the person that interviews us. And in that half of the episode, we talk about what it's like working at home with our partners and how we have uh, made the flip. <laughs> you can hear it. Possibly there's some dishes going on in the background. <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> it is because somebody's washing the dishes. And what's that like and how we have navigated that and some tips other things that we think are uh, important, we think is important information for you to have right now. What about you, Anisha? What do you think? Um, I am excited to talk about this because this is very interesting because we've been calling it work from home when it's so much more than that, right? Like we are at home working while in a pandemic. Yes. That's very different than working from home. Then we just decided that we would stay home and work today. Yes, it is very, very, very different. So yeah, we're super excited to bring this information to you. And uh, Nisha's going to give you a little bit more about one of our amazing guests. Jamie Lieberman, an attorney, podcaster, and entrepreneur dedicated to making legal accessible and to sharing the message that legal does not have to be scary. As the owner and founder of Hashtag Legal, Jamie draws on her experience working with influencer, marketing professionals, creatives, and business owners to help her clients grow and protect their businesses. She leads an all-female virtual team focused on providing clients with advice on a wide range of subjects such as intellectual property, contracts, privacy, FTC, and general business law, as well as negotiation strategies. Jamie is a highly experienced speaker and is the co-host for the Fearless business podcast. We are so happy to have her on today. So sit back and have a listen for the next hour. During this time of COVID-19, we want to remind you to be patient and breathe. 
If you notice that you are having trouble sleeping or concentrating, that is natural under these circumstances. We all need a minute to adjust. However, if you are feeling overwhelmed, extremely anxious, or the isolation is too much, now may be the time to connect with a therapist. If you are in the New York area, please reach out to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and if outside the area, please connect to a therapist near you. Again, if you're in the New York area, please contact BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Now, back to our show. Hi, this is Diana Gasparoni, the host of Be Real. I'm super excited today because I got my co-host, Denisha Salisbury, with me. And hey, hey, we, hey, hey. Hey, We've been home for a little bit, and we're going to talk about that. We have our second guest, our second guest today. Yay. Who also happens to be a really good friend of mine, is also at home. She's at home with her kids which is a new thing. So uh, Jamie Lieberman's here with me today and with Anisha, and we're going to talk about being at home because we have to, taking care of our kids because we have to, but in a whole new way. What was it like to pivot, become a home homeschool, be a working mom, be at home with your family all day, and all of the ups and downs that have gone on with this new normal? Jamie, hi. Hi. Um, Hi, hi. Thank you so much for joining and hanging out with us today. Can you, okay, first your mental health check-in. How are you doing today? I'm actually, I'm okay today. So I exercised this morning. Yeah. I mean, what are we on? We're on day five of homeschooling, probably about a week of, or a little more of sort of the self-quarantine we've had where we live. I'm okay today. I got up, I exercised, I got outside, had some fresh air. I I feel like I'm in a much better groove now. So I, I, I've i had a few days to make all the mistakes. I mean, not all of the mistakes. There's plenty more mistakes to make. <laughs> but I've had, you know, I've made some mistakes and done some correcting on that in terms of scheduling. And I'm definitely feeling a lot like it's a little bit more manageable today. Plus it's Friday. I don't have to homeschool tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, that's right. It's Friday. It's Friday. It is Friday. Yeah. There's been, I've had some quick pivots myself this week. It's been a little bit interesting. I'm just catching up today to the pivot. And in part of the pivot, I didn't get a chance to make an outline for today. So Anisha's going to start with, (laughs) ask you some questions to get this. We got to go with the flow now. We got to go with the flow. And she asked, yeah. she's very good at getting organized while we're trying to get ready, get everything all set up. <laughs> I'm an open book. Let's go. Let's chat. Yeah, let's do it. Anisha. Okay, I know go. you have a third grader and a kindergartner. So I know that some parents only like find time, you know, for themselves during like their commutes from work and from home. We don't have that luxury anymore. So like, how are you finding time for yourself these days? Um, so I'm not. <laughs> if we're being real, I'm not. I am now trying to make a much more concerted effort to do that. I tend to be one of those people that sort of snaps into must deal, must plan, must figure it out. So I sort of go on autopilot and then a couple of days in, I just go whoop and I crash and I'm like, okay, I have to reevaluate. That doesn't work. So I'm juggling two children that I'm homeschooling 
I do have my husband who's home as well. He also works full time. So we both work full time. I run my own business. We're both attorneys. So he is an, a practicing attorney as well. And then we have our two small children. So we're juggling homeschooling our two small kids and running our businesses. I've prioritized exercise. So I've exercised every single day. It doesn't look the same as it did before. <laughs> it is often not alone time because uh, one of my kids will usually join. We did yoga yesterday. And today we did, I'm a member of a local gym and they're doing virtual workouts. So one of my sons joined with me today. I really, I think the, the alone time tends to come maybe after they go to bed. I'll spend like 30 minutes before I go to bed, which is very, very late trying to just read a book by myself, <laughs> like in a room that's dark with a small light. But there, I'll be honest, there just really isn't very much alone time. I have a question. What was, how is the uh, virtual learning going? Like, how are the kids adapting to that? The third grader is having a much easier time. They do our school system, which is very different than many others, is really forward. We have full Google Classroom. We have, um, at basically, he wakes up in the morning. I think I, I have never made the best decision I ever made was I went on Amazon on, I think, Thursday or Friday, right when this was starting, and I bought $200 Chromebooks. They're literally disposable computers, but they have oh, been yeah. the greatest lifesaver of all. They're 100 bucks wow. each. I was like, I'm just going to spend $200. And they showed up on Saturday, and it was the greatest thing I could have done. I've suggested it to a couple of other friends who've subsequently done it. The big one just kind of opens up his computer in the morning. He has a document from his teacher. He opens it up. We have a whiteboard with a schedule so they know when they're doing each subject and built into that is downtime. So, you know, we'll spend an hour and a half on one subject, 45 minutes on some others, like English learning arts takes a lot longer. So we have a longer time period, whereas science or social studies doesn't take as long. We've mm -hmm. built in a lot of breaks and he just goes in and he follows the whiteboard, he follows the schedule and he follows the Google Classroom and he's been doing great. He can share and submit all of his work. So he's getting instant feedback and he's really working through. I think the thing he said he misses most obviously is doing work with his friends because they do a lot of group and collaborative learning. And so that's been a bit of a challenge. Kindergartner is a little harder because, you know, kindergarten, right? Like he's, he's six. He's doing great though. We have to, each one of us has to sit with him for each lesson. So he's really obviously not that self-sufficient, but his lessons are shorter. Maybe they take 10 minutes. So we work with him and then we give him a break because he can't sit and focus for very long. Um, right. So it's acknowledging when he needs a break <laughs> is another big thing. Oh, that sounds amazing. And really, you guys like really got down and organized. I with the first thing I thought of was how are they going to stay connected to their friends? Like, how are you keeping your kids? Because the socialization, we're, we're talking about social distancing as adults and being at home and being adults, like kids need to play with one another. So keep those friendships going because it's so important. Um, how are you guys staying connected to the classes, to the other kids? So I mean, to like so my been best doing, friend. <laughs> yeah. So we've been FaceTiming with friends. We've been doing, we've been using Zoom. I have it for my business. So I've sort of donated it to the class. They've been doing like big group Zoom chats. Uh, oh, that's my fun. Yeah. My kindergartner's class, one of the moms basically set up a five o'clock every day. If you want to log in, you can uh, join the Zoom room and everybody can just scream at each other, which is basically what six-year-olds do when they get on Zoom. Um <laughs> 
It's really funny. My third grader's in a book club, so we've made that virtual. And the last time they met, uh, they got very, very silly. And there's one girl in there who's honestly one of my favorite people on the planet who requested that they all do a research project so they could at least learn well. They were. So oh, so she. A cool, oh, yeah. She wanted, she kept going, Is this all we're doing? It was like the great. I texted her mom. I'm like, She's a future CEO, by the way. Um, so it's been interesting for me to just like listen and watch their social interactions. Um, we've been really encouraging it uh, as much as possible. There's a Facebook Messenger kids app that I control, but I allow them to use. So they're able to, um, you know, video chat with their friends or send goofy videos. My oldest son's class has um, email. So they email each other and they set up chats. Uh, there's this also, there's also this social networking app called House Party that I heard oh, yeah. a lot of the kids are using and it's for the time to chat. Yeah. So I have a friend whose son's been using it and they really love it and they can play games while they're on it, like trivia games. So it's been really good. As I listened to you talk, I was just thinking like we're calling it social distancing, which I think we should just call it physical distancing because we still need to be social. And so we don't oh, want to take that part away. Right. So maybe it should just be physical distancing. Like I can't see you and be around you. But because of technology, there's all of these other amazing ways that we can still be social. It's good to hear that the kids still, you know, are finding a way to be social. But as adults, you know, people are having um, Zoom happy hour meetings. So I'm supposed to have one later on today with some friends. I'm super excited. (laughs) (laughs) I have one this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. The Zoom happy hour. I think it's, we've just been really encouraging our kids to just reach out and to tell us like, if you, if you miss a friend, we'll find their, their mom or dad and we'll figure it out. Cause we have class lists and things like that. And even our friends who are not in school with, but friends that maybe not are not in their classes or, you know, we have friends that are in other States. We've been, you know, reaching out with them as well. So I think just staying connected as much as humanly possible. You know, the, the thing I struggle with is, we don't love screens in my house, so we don't use a lot of screens. And so now we're very screen heavy. Um, right. And so you see changes in behavior in children when they use too many screens. So right. I'm trying to balance that as much as humanly possible. So we're still trying to do a lot of in-person, like even as a family, like games. Lat yesterday, my my older son played virtual battleship with his friend. So they were mm-hmm. on, you know, Zoom. Right. But they played. They played for over an hour, which and they played kids- their own physical game. Yeah, so they were yeah. still tactile and touching, and it wasn't. Yeah, just, that's really smart. That is super good. But how are you getting any work done for yourself? That's I want to know how. Like that's the bit. Like there's there's the there's like the anxiety piece, right? Like you're taking care of your kids and you're making sure that your kids are getting everything. But you you both have full time jobs, and correct, I think you work from home. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, of course I just signed a lease on an office. So I'm thrilled about that, but (laughs) (laughs) well, right. Exactly. That you can go over and dust. Yes. Um, so we're time blocking, uh, each night after the kids go to bed, we're looking at our schedule because the biggest, the two biggest issues are obviously time and space to do the physical work that needs to be done. And also my legal practice is very phone heavy, Skype heavy or zoom heavy. So I need to have the space and time to to have my calls that I need to have with my clients, especially because a lot of my clients are in crisis right now. We've been time blocking. I've been taking mornings. He's been taking afternoons and we're sort of just working each day is something a little bit different and we're working around each other's schedules. Now, finally, 
all of the calls that I've had scheduled for the most part, I'm, uh, the, the ones earlier in the week I couldn't control. They were what they were. I could move them if I needed to, but mm-hmm. now I'm able to control when I'm putting. So I'm I'm trying to time block my calls later in the day, uh, particularly my West Coast clients. I'll talk with them at eight or nine at night because it's only five or six for them there. And so people have been pretty flexible. So I've been trying to time block at least each of us having at least two hours to go into. um, We have a third room that is an office to sit in that office and do work undisturbed as best as possible. And then honestly, I work all night. I don't, I'm just not sleeping that much. Right. I mean, this is how to find time for yourself, how to find time to take care of yourself, take care of your children, make sure that they're structured, keep you and your husband structured. How have you noticed any different behaviors in yourself? <laughs> I guess that's the best um, way to put it. <laughs> so, yeah. Kids, um, I, I mean, I'll... kids' ch- behaviors changed when they got the screens, but like our behaviors had to change too. Yeah. I know mine did. <laughs> I guess I'll say I tend to be a person who just like when stuff has to get done, I just sort of sit down and do it. And so I'm just going to yes, keep doing it. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, get shit done. Minute, for sure. I, yeah. Yeah. The minute this happened, I was like, I'm ordering Chromebooks. I'm getting a whiteboard and I'm figuring it out because otherwise I'll go crazy. Like I, I need a sense of structure. I can change, but I need to be able to sit down and like think it through. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I do find it funny. I just, I just got an email from someone who is a, has done work for me in the past. And and she, she doesn't work for, she doesn't, she's no longer working with me, but she had just sent out an email, like checking in and, and she said, yeah, I've made some changes. I'm not sending out these certain recaps because I just really need some time to myself. And I sort of laughed because I'm like, I just, I, I really just don't have that luxury right now. And there are people that are in far worse situations than me. I'm just kind of sort of counting how lucky I am that I have a virtual team, that my team can continue to work, that I didn't have to make crazy changes, that I am not somebody who relies on face-to-face in-person business. And so instead of focusing on all the like how hard it is and how, oh man, I can't go get a manicure because that's how I give myself self-care. I can't. It's the fact. I'm just really focusing on like this stuff has to get done. There's nothing I can do about it. Crying, you know, like crying about how sad and and how much, how miserable I am is not going to help me. And that's just how I cope with it. That's just not going to work. And so I'm just going to run through it. And then at a certain point, probably this weekend, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to take an hour or two just for myself. And I'm going to yeah. give myself a manicure. <laughs> um, and that's just, that's just how I work. Um, and that works for me, but I think everybody sort of has to like, I have friends who are like, I've cried every single day. And I was like, that's great. That's how you get it out. For me, I just like run through it, run through it, run through it. And then I stop for a minute and then I go back to it. But I think everybody's got to figure out the way you got to get out those sort of fears and frustrations and anxieties. So yeah. I mean, I'm a crier, so there's yeah. been some tears. There's definitely been some That's, tears. You have <laughs> to. I'm not I a am, crier. I am for sure a crier, but it's it's while it's just my it's a stress relief. Like I yeah. think that yeah. It's a good um, thing. Like I, that's, it's just, everybody sort of deals with that stress differently. And I can sense when I'm getting stressed because I just sort of ratchet up, like got to get this done. Got to go. Get, and then I'm like, yeah. okay, let's, let's just take five minutes, like blow it down. So that's my version of crying. Like I just spiral <laughs> like anxiety, mm-hmm. um, but I just don't cry. I'm just, that's just not me. And so I think a lot of people are like, I can't, you know, particularly the non-criers were like, should we be crying? Like, <laughs> right, the non-criers, <laughs> no, cry. you shouldn't. 
it's not a thing. You shouldn't have, you don't have it's to, be, okay. you don't have, if you do, you do. if you don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah. For self-care, I've been calling it Nisha every morning because I she's got this. I'm like, okay, you got it. Let's do it. And she's like happy every day. She's got, it's, it's been amazing. But how is, I mean, I think let's speak to that a little bit, Nisha, because you do, I'm not unhappy. I'm, I'm anxious, but you have a different take. <laughs> um, I think the interesting thing is, is because I can normally be anxious about the weirdest things, right? And you know that from being a friend of mine. Yes. Um, but I'm living in a pandemic and for some reason, I'm not stressed at all. And I think a lot of it is because I can't control this. Like this has nothing to do with me. There is nothing that I could change for things to be different. So no. since I'm aware of that, I just roll with the punches every day. Um, and I just feel like as you, if I can be as safe as possible, then that's what I'll do. But I also realize that part of what we do for a living is that we do take care of other people. So I think that there's this part of me that has decided that I need to think about my clients. Not that I'm not thinking about myself, but I've decided like, I'm just not going to worry. I'm going to continue to be present every day. I'm going to appreciate the things that I do have. Um, you know, a friend of mine was telling me a story, uh, a friend of hers, um, his job gave, had him sign an affidavit saying that he would not homeschool his children. He would not do chores. He would not do any other thing but work during the work hours. Right. How hard is that? You know, if your employer gave you something like that, they, they can't. So do that. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> well, yeah. people That's are dealing with out here. That I'm not. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and Jamie, as a lawyer, you're probably saying there's a problem here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's not a thing. No, no, not with that new law that just passed. So there is some relief for some people too with the new family. I think it's called the Families First Coronavirus Act that they just passed, and so there's some relief for some people who that's happening to. <laughs> oh, that's an I did not. I mean, I, because I don't have children. Check that's out not, my I'm Instagram not, stories. Oh, I, I will most certainly check that out on your Instagram stories and that, uh, oh, yes. Where can, whoever just got that little nugget, where can they find your Instagram story, Jamie? Uh, hashtag underscore legal. Uh, okay, which perfect. I did a little video about it, but anyway, I digress. No, I think that's good information. How everything is changing so rapidly in this world, Right. And so every day we're finding out new information, new information, new information, and also trying to be present and not like get inundated by all of the new information, right? Because sometimes that can feel so overwhelming, but this the is something hoaxes. that people need to know. The hoaxes, the yeah. hoax tests. We're going on nationwide lockdown for the next 90 days. You can't leave your house. The National Guard is coming in. I was like, I told all my friends, I'm like, if you have a text that said, my friend works here, don't send it to me. I don't want to read it. I don't know. I don't care. There's nothing but panic from that. Yeah. Well, I will say that the National Guard trucks was in Harlem yesterday. So they are here. <laughs> I'm sure there are things, but th these crazy text messages are no, just, let's slow down. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, um, as we start to see, I mean, we, we just switched the language from social distancing to physical distance, 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 say it for me, Anisha, <laughs> distancing. So, so that like, yes, so we've been looking, I mean, we've been talking about the different language and what the language, how the language is causing more panic and more anxiety. 
what what that is doing to people do you see like how are the teacher how are the kids getting how are you telling your kids about what's happening um we definitely get a lot of questions and i frankly look for good resources so i'm always very aware of source Mm -hmm. um and so our school district has been really awesome about providing us good resources about talking to our kids about it um i'm a parent who believes in honesty uh so i don't lie to my kids Good. Uh, we tell them what's going on, um, but hopefully keeping it age appropriate. And I go by the philosophy that I was told when I was very early on as a parent that kids can take answers to questions that they ask. So I let them guide me. I don't try to overly explain, but I let them ask me the questions they want the answer to. And I try to answer them succinctly and age appropriately. And if I under answer, like I did the first time I was asked where babies come from, which we could have a whole other topic about that. <laughs> you um, under answered that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they will press me until I give them the answer that they're looking for and that they can handle. So that's really how I've taken it. Like when they've asked what it is, I've explained it. I've talked about you know, the six foot rule and why we have to be away from people. And we've talked a lot about staying safe um, and being, you know, we may not be people who necessarily um, are highly at risk, but other people are that are that we may know or that are our neighbors. Um, we have neighbors that are an older couple who um, have certain illnesses that would make them more susceptible. And so we baked sure. goods for them and left them. The kids drew a card for them. Um, and so we oh, sort of amazing. talked about it. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, we sort of talked about that in the context of our neighbors, like they may need a little extra help. So we're going to pitch in and we've been buying groceries for them and sort of people in the neighborhood have been donating and stuff. So um, I've been trying to make it more human, but sure. not terrifying because my kids right. really need to know all the things. Um, right. they, well, don't what kind of questions, they don't need to be terrified, of course. And what kind of questions are they asking? You know, what is the coronavirus? How do you get it? Why can't I be near my friends? Why can't I go to school? Right. What happens if you get it? Those kinds of questions. Those seem straight up. Really they, they, they did kind of. ask if you can get it from smelling your brother's farts, but that I think was a joke. <laughs> 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 I mean, there's a lot of joke questions. And that was while I was on a conference call with a client. So that was fun. <laughs> oh, that- <laughs> I guess my other question is with, especially with the kindergartner, what are the differences in his questions as opposed to the third grader? I think that like the kindergartner was probably a little bit more confused. He cares less. Really? Yeah. He doesn't care at all. He's just like, yeah, I'm home. That's cool. I'm with my mom and dad. That's cool. Like he misses his friends and he misses sure. playtime and he really wants to go to the park because all of our parks are closed. But beyond right. that, he's like, Nah, he just, he's, he doesn't, he really is, I don't want to say unaffected because we're, uh, everybody's affected, mm-hmm. um, but he's just kind of accepted it and he's, he's kind of psyched to not go to school. <laughs> he's kind of psyched to not like, go to school. Yeah. Kind of like, cool. Um, yeah, he doesn't, he really just doesn't, he's just not that worried because I think he doesn't, you know, kids are, all they think about are themselves and it, other than missing his friends and not being able to go out to the park, those are really the big things. And he really wants to go to Target to buy Pokemon cards. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, developmentally, they're in such, they're close, but they're in such different phases. So like how they're processing it and what they're doing must is must be very interesting to watch too. It is. Yeah. 
And they're two different kids too. Like they, you know, my little one sort of floats through. My big one is highly analytical. He's very empathetic. He's, he understands things that he should not understand as a third grader. So I've, you know, he's definitely the one who's like asking all the questions. Awesome. So, okay. We only have you for a few more minutes. So I wanted to know if you have any tips for working parents who are staying at home. Just one tip. Yeah. Have grace and forgive yourself. Like you're not a teacher. I'm not a teacher. If you don't know the answer, it's okay. If an assignment doesn't get done, not a big deal. Step away. If the kid, if your kid needs a break, give them a break. Give them a break. Um, I do think that structure really helps the kids. They wake up every morning and look at the whiteboard. Um, and it gives them a sense of normalcy. Um, we've kept our schedule very similar. Like our breaks are pretty much at the same time. They may shift by a half hour, but for the most part, our breaks are at the same time. We put fun stuff on the board too. So like we're going to do scooter races later this afternoon around the park. Um, and so they're really looking forward to the scooter races today. I took them to my new office and to Dunkin' Donuts. We did, you know, online ordering and I wrote surprise treat. So they were so psyched to get that. Um, and they were really excited to see my new office. So it's things like that. It's just, um, remembering that they're kids, (laughs) uh, and (laughs) that, you know, it's, you don't need to be perfect. No. Uh, And it's just. Sometimes like if I'm at night, if I know I still need to get an assignment out or a piece of work product out for a client and I'm tired, I'm just not going to do it. And I'll send them a message and I'll say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like it's just, yeah, not today. Today, You'll get it first thing in the morning. For sure. For sure. Okay. Anisha, what are the, what are the two questions today? We're trying to come up, you know, we're still new. We got we're trying to figure out what the two questions are that we're going to end our podcast with. So Anisha comes up with two questions until we figure out, until we, till we figure it out. So I love it. Okay, yeah. Jamie. So what is your <laughs> favorite nineties jam? Oh, so <laughs> I'm going to have to go with, I was like an alternative, like little punk rock girl when I was a kid. So I'm going to have to go with anything off of the Jane's addiction. Nothing shocking album. Oh, we have not gotten that one. That's amazing. Okay. Have you ever dimed and dashed? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think she can answer that one. I love that question. Um, yes. In high school, we used to go. I did. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. This is the best answer. So we used to go. Um, we yeah, No we waitresses. Go, oh, All I want is we're going to make sure everybody has waited tables moving forward. Go I on. I have. I was a waitress all through college. Oh, okay. Um, so this happened school. before you were a waitress. Yeah, yeah yes. I never ever, ever would have done that. Um, and now I think I make up for that intense guilt that I have. Uh, I'm a massive over tipper. But um, yeah, we were in high school and we used to go out um, and we were obviously on our best behavior when we went out in high school. And then after we were done going out, we'd go to Denny's, um, which everyone called detox at the time. And so we'd go to Denny's and we'd sit. And then one day we were all like, oh my God, none of us have any money. So we dined and dashed. Oh Sorry. no. Sorry. Okay. But now she's an over tipper. So yeah, for her. <laughs> I was okay. dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much. It was so fun seeing you today because I can see you. 
which is really important. So uh, make sure that you see your people over over some sort of technology. Make sure that you reach out to them. Make sure that you are checking in with your people and try to stay as calm and breathe as you can during this time, especially all you people who are home taking taking on a new role as teachers. Um, and Jamie, I think you're doing it. Sounds like you're doing an amazing job. So I mean, um, let's not go crazy, but thank you so much okay. for we're, coming on. We're living. Everyone's alive and my, my apartment hasn't burned down. So that's a win. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It's totally a we're win. We're going for the wins. Thanks for having <laughs> me, guys. Thanks, Jamie. During this time of COVID-19, we want to remind you to be patient and breathe. If you notice that you are having trouble sleeping or concentrating, that is natural under these circumstances. We all need a minute to adjust. However, if you are feeling overwhelmed, extremely anxious, or the isolation is too much, now may be the time to connect with a therapist. If you are in the New York area, please reach out to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and if outside the area, please connect to a therapist near you. Again, if you're in the New York area, please contact BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Now, back to our show. I just want to say thank you to Jamie because I thought that interview was super powerful, especially for all of our parents out there who are parenting and working during a pandemic. Um, so I think that for me, the most important thing that came from that was just her structure, um, which is super needed for kids and adults alike while going through this. So, um, Diana, what did you think about that? I was really impressed with the structure that she has put in place so quickly. <laughs> um, it was really, it, I took some stuff out of it. Like I took some, st some tips away from it that things that I can do. I mean, I think that, um, I am generally pretty structured, but have been a little like been a little thrown off this week. So it was nice to hear what somebody else's ideas about what they were doing. I liked her immediacy to like get a Chromebook and all, like so that her kids would have something to work on. And like the school system that she's working with seems really organized. And that is also amazing. So um and the making sure that everybody goes outside every day and that she put those kind of things in place. I really liked it. And, you know, I really like Jamie. <laughs> so it was nice to it was nice to talk to her. So I think it's going to be interesting because we have a special guest today, uh, Don, who is our producer. And he's going to talk to us about what how has it been for us to be home. And I think what's interesting is that Jamie didn't really need much of an adjustment period. But I think that we have needed an adjustment period. So maybe we can talk about what it's been like for us um, to people who don't have children, um, but do have partners. Right. So maybe talking yeah. about um, what's that been like working from home with our partners. Dawn is going to be our very special guest host, and he is going to interview us. We're ready for you. Let's hope so, ladies. Yeah. Let's hope so. I don't know if this is going to be a good thing or not, but let's <laughs> let's see what we get here. Let's face it. Right now, it, it's a struggle for everybody. It doesn't stop for you, ladies, because you're on the front lines of, of having these conversations with people that are out there and people that are going through this, um, with your 
you know, patients and stuff like that. First of all, let's talk about how you have to deal with this new new set of uh, processes that we have and how that looks. So for you, most of the time, you ladies are meeting people in person. But right now, you're doing what they call telehealth. And let's talk about, first of all, how you had to have the conversations, not with your clients, but, and this is especially for you, Diana, how did you actually have to have the conversation with your staff on how to deal with that? Because I'm sure a lot of you have never had to do this before. That was not a quick pivot. That was a pretty slow transition. So we, slow as as slow it could, as it could go in a week, we kept meeting people in person until we couldn't anymore. And then uh, on this week, we had an all staff meeting over Zoom because from everybody's home, which was kind of fun. We just started to, like, we just started talking about it. You got to making sure asking people what service they were going to use. So I had to make sure that everybody had access to Google Meet or Google, making sure that they were using the right one and setting things up on Zoom and back and forth with our uh, office staff. And we've had to verify, re-verify people's benefits to make sure that telehealth is actually covered and all those questions, but then making sure that people felt comfortable and having the conversations with their patients. So I've sent out various emails with tips on what to say and how to, how this is how we're going to stay connected and that this is the new normal for now. And really allowing people, both the patient and the therapist, to have room to talk about it because it is, I want to give them a place where they can talk about it because it is, it happened to everybody all at once. We're all containing a lot. And then where to set up in your house and what to do and make sure that like those things are still working. So uh, that's been the biggest thing for me is to personally is to make sure that I have room in my home to have quiet and be have it be HIPAA compliant. So that has been um, the biggest struggle for in the past couple of days. So um, really just checking in and making sure that everybody has the things that they need. And that the patient is also comfortable with this new technology that they, this new relationship, I should say, not technology. It's the relationship shifts a little bit. I think for me, the important thing is, is that for people to know, a lot of therapists have been using telehealth, right? So it's not something that is completely new for us. Um, most of mm-hmm. us see our clients in the um, our office, but um, I've been doing both, right? So mm-hmm. it was very comfortable for me t- to make the shift. However, I think the biggest shift has been me being home and doing telehealth, right? I'm generally in my office doing office it. Office and doing it, yeah. right. So I think just finding a space in my home to set up where I um, feel comfortable, right? Because the thing about being a therapist is that our clients don't know much about us, right? So now they're kind of entering my home, right? So in what space do I want to be in where you don't see like the full layout of my apartment maybe, or, you know, just maybe show the things that I'm comfortable showing, I think that that's so important because I don't want the conversation to shift to be about, um, oh my God, look at your curtains, Anisha, right? Like, so just kind of making sure the focus <laughs> stays on them. I think doing telehealth, living in New York, is also something that's worth talking about because I have clients who live in uh, studios and they live in studio apartments with their partners. So they don't have privacy. So, right, like just trying to help clients kind of figure out where a private place could be. So they have a lot of bathroom conversations. (laughs) I suggested someone do a session in their car. And so, and they were okay with it. So I think that all of us just kind of adjusting on the fly is something that, you know, it's hard for some. 
Yeah. In my home office, I purposely have the same color wall as I have in my Manhattan office. So if you if I'm on video with somebody, it looks similar because it is the same exact color. So people think it's like it so that part was soothing because the consistency is important. And also because now we're both home, it that has been something that has been the most difficult. So scheduling that out. I mean, I had a full schedule this week and I had to send my partner for a really long walk and he was happy to do so. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had to buy a router to make sure that we have better Wi-Fi in the bedroom because that's where he's going to be spending a lot of time. And he will, he will happily go outside and go for a walk when he has to. And, um, he can set, so we, we're also shifting, we're shifting back and forth and trying to figure out what is the best times. I mean, that has been, um, the biggest struggle for me is figuring out what to do with him because he hasn't actually been able to do a lot. His job didn't transition into this time. <laughs> you know, and I think that's the interesting thing. Only about 10% of the workforce can telecommute can work from home. Right. So right. what about all of like the 90% of people who need to go to their jobs in order to do their jobs and they cannot do that right now? And what is that like for your partner, you know, to not be able to do his job? So I think that that's so interesting uh, when it comes to not us, not just us personally, but like professionally dealing with our clients and kind of having to help them adjust to maybe their partner not being able to telecommute. And what's that been like for the relationship? For me personally, my partner, he is able to work from home. We do have the space, which is nice. So we can be in separate rooms. Um, but I think it's interesting because all I hear is like these Zoom meetings all day long. And I'm just feeling for him because he's so frustrated that he's been, you know, in these Zoom meetings all day. And I think for me, I'm used to being out. Like I leave my home at like 8.30 in the morning and I get home at like 8.30 at night. So like to be out all day and to now be home to think about making lunch, um, to think about making breakfast and preparing, not just for me, but for someone else has, um, you know, felt a little heavy for me personally. I, I feel like I'm normally doing my own thing. <laughs> right. And now life, but I actually miss my commute. <laughs> and like, that is something that I like to complain about, right? I like to complain about getting on public transportation every day. And now I'm like, ooh, so I am uh, keeping that structure of getting up and leaving my house like I would if I was going to work, if I was going into my office, because I think that's really important for me and for everybody. I think everybody should get up like they normally would and go outside at the same time that they normally would and just take a walk like they were going to go wherever and then come back because with the language that I'm that the news, the way the news is bringing everything to us, I think that we're also, we have to stay inside. We're, to, we have to be inside, but we want, we can still go outside. <laughs> and yeah. I think that, that, that that is not like, we're being told to stay inside. That is important. So the health of the nation, but we are allowed to go outside for a walk. And that is something we have to remind ourselves so that we don't forget how to go outside. <laughs> like it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't become an anxious thing to go outside. We want outside to be safe. And I think that that has to be a part of the self-care regimen, right? Like right. going outside, getting 
some air, some sunlight, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to talk to people when you go out. And some people are going out for runs who live close to parks and it's making them feel really amazing when they get back. So just trying to figure out like, what can my self-care regimen be on a daily basis to keep me grounded and keep me present? So for me, I just go outside. I make sure I take a shower too. As soon as I get out the bed, like I would normally do, I get straight into the shower because I don't want to get to a point where I'm like, oh, wait, did I shower today? It's (laughs) It's happening to a lot of people. (laughs) Right. You got to like keep your routine. Keeping your routine is really important. Let's actually go a little bit deeper here. Let's talk about the fact that where you folks live, the square footage is not really that awesome. Um, No. And so no. you're you're literally at the best of times on top of each other in in a good and a bad way. But let's let's go with this part right here. Let's talk about let's talk about comfort. Let's talk about health and let's let's talk about cohabitation. You had before you had that buffer of I go to I go to my office and I don't see my partner for a certain amount of time. But right now this is all you see on a 24-hour basis. Let's talk about how how you're dealing with that. And then let's also talk about how you are navigating the fact that both of you still have jobs to do during the day. And is there a little bit of guilt when let's say you have to ask your partner to go somewhere else or you have to go to another room um, because you're just doing your job? Um, Well, I have said multiple times in the past week that how lucky and grateful I am that we really like each other. I think that that is, like so fortunate. I know that there's people out there right now that are home and aren't happy to see the person that they're with. And that is, it's a terrible situation to be in. And I hope if any of those people are listening, that they do all the right things to take care of themselves and find space and find somebody that they can talk to. But for me, it did start to dawn on me that he's the only person that I've seen, (laughs) like physically (laughs) seen, unless I go outside. And I like looking at him. So that's a good thing. And, um, but I felt guilty yesterday. I did when I had to, because I had a very full day and it was the first day that he was actually home all day. He's not here today. He was able to do some work this afternoon. So we navigated it like, to shift from one one room to the next. And like, he has to text me if he wants to come back in the house. And then um, I tell him, yes, I tell him yes or no. And then he would go for another run or he's going to be in great shape when this is all said and done for sure. Um, <laughs> but I think that as we, tr- as we shift and we turn, I mean, I'm going to put a desk in another, in the room that does have a door. I mean, we have a, by most standards, we have a lot of space, but we have an open space, which we were really excited about when we bought it. And now I'm like, Ooh, maybe we should have had another room with a door. But I mean, we're definitely going to make it work. But some of the things that happened yesterday, I mean, I, I scheduled my whole day, like I would schedule my whole day. But in that I have like 15 minutes to walk to sweet green and find and buy a salad. And, come back. and I was like, Oh, that, that's not going to happen today. And who's going to make me who? Oh, I have to make my own lunch. I mean, like, I didn't even like think about all of those things. And so, and I'm regimented. Like the, one of the things about what we do that I really like is that my calendar is booked and it is the way it's supposed to be. So I definitely have been like, huh? Like, Like I felt, um, physically felt, a sensation of like 
a slowing down and also um, a fat- it was like a weird f- physical fatigue that I had earlier this week that I didn't, I still haven't been able to put words to. And I also had my, my own personal first, first phone session for my own therapy this week that I've never had. So that was also a very weird shift for me, but I was happy to experience that so that I could have a sense of what it would be like to move all of my caseload onto phone or video. So that was fascinating. That's all I got. <laughs> I got fascinating. I got just fascinating. What are you thinking, Anisha? What I think about is patience. Um, because we're not usually in the home too much together because of our work schedules, right? The both of us don't get home till maybe like nine o'clock each night, right? Like, so we don't spend a whole ton of time together. And so because, um, you know, on weekends, he generally goes home to check on his mom and helps her out. There's a lot of times that I'm here alone. For us to be in the house all day together has been very different. And for me, it's just patience because, you know, you got to know when to walk into a room. Right. Right. So like he might be on like a Zoom meeting and I walk into the room and he looks at me with this look, which means stop. (laughs) But I got to make sure it doesn't feel like rejection. So so I think that's super important at a time like this to not kind of misread um, cues from your partner and not feel like if they can't talk to you, that they're rejecting you in some way. Um, So I have been, you know, kind of just dealing with that again. Right. Like I have a schedule. You know, maybe when he has a moment, I don't have a moment, right? So just us getting on the same page has been really difficult. When I'm on a session, you can't come in, right? Like, because it has to be confidential. I have to have privacy. So I think just kind of um, figuring that out. So what I've noticed is I started binge watching Dexter at night, right? Like, so once my day (laughs) is over, right? Like I found something I'm like, okay. And now during the day when I have like any time in between my sessions, I have to make sure like I don't turn Dexter on. Right. Like, so I'm just like, okay. You cannot turn the TV on when you are at home. You just cannot during the work hour of the day. No, you are working. And, and, and that's what we don't talk about is that like at work, that's not a possibility, right? Like, like we're always in work mode, but when I'm home, home is where I rest. So I'm in rest mode when I'm here. So what happens when I can't rest, but I need to work while I'm home? That's a huge change. And I think for a lot of us is a huge change to like not lay on the couch, right? So I stay in my dining room and I stay at the table. So I know that I'm working. So right. mentally, that kind of tells my brain, you are working. And then I have yep. to make sure if I take lunch that I don't take a nap, maybe on that couch again, because it's calling me. <laughs> I can see it right now. Like I can see it from where I'm sitting and it feels like it's calling me all day. Um, you <laughs> talked about earlier in the week being tired and I felt really out of it this week. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know if I finally had a chance to slow down. So my body was just like, okay, you are actually tired. (laughs) Like you actually need to rest. Or was I just feeling heavy from all that I'm taking in all day? Not just like the client stuff, but just like the news and just understanding that I might have to shelter in, right? And what that means. And um, I I might have to self-quarantine if, you know, I think I have a sniffle, which I don't. But, you know, just kind of paying more attention to my body because I'm so used to if I get a little sick, I just push through, right? That's right. just kind of like been who I, who I've been forever. But at this moment, it's like, okay, maybe that wouldn't be the best way to handle things now. So I'm trying to just be more aware mm-hmm. of what I'm feeling, 
how I'm thinking about things, how I'm moving throughout the world, which has been very different because I'm usually on autopilot. When you think about the think about us as like vibrational beings and like how much, especially as New Yorkers, we are in systems where we're like, there's always, I mean, tension, not necessarily in a bad way, but that there's the tension of like getting on the subway, getting packed with people, like all of those things, loud music, standing in line, all of that <laughs> stuff. And now we've taken it all away. When you take that away, we're also like, we've been like jiving on that for so long. And then it's like, oh, you don't have that. And you're like, oh, so that's what I think I felt was like, we took all of that sensation away. And now there's all this quiet. And, and what do you do with that? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Like, what do you, there's a lot of empty space. And now we, what will happen if we don't fill the space? Like, we don't necessarily have to fill it, right? We can, it is the perfect time to start a meditation practice. I'm going to say that every day. It is the perfect time to start a meditation practice and it's what the world needs. So, and it is also a time to really heal. I know that we we both like we're, we're bouncing anxiety back and forth. Like <laughs> we started this and you were anxious and now I'm like, oh my God. But there's like, there's something in the world that's going to allow us like with this slowing down that will allow us to individually heal in a different way. I think we're going to just see different thoughts move in a different way. And obviously things are going to shift and change over time. In this pivot for me personally, now that, I mean, I'm going to take this weekend, I'm going to take it off and I'm going to just let things yeah. happen and settle and then get up and go to work on Monday morning like I normally would. I'm going to get up, get out of bed, take a shower, walk around the block, come back home, come up, really create a routine of new normal. Yeah, I think for me, I feel super comfortable just having a moment to just think through my decisions, what's going on with my life. Yeah. So it's been kind of nice. Um, you know, I look at all of the memes online and they're like, oh, if you're an extrovert, check on your friends. <laughs> you know, like I'm an extrovert. Yeah. So for me, it, it is hard to not have that um, human contact to be around people. Recently, I went to my friend's house and I played Uno with her and her son because I yeah. don't have children around me. And he's seven and I had a ball like he beat me every time. But it was just really nice, right, to be around people because I'm figuring out what my life is going to look like and what this new normal is going to be like. And I don't want to not have people around me. And I know that I have to think about, you know, the health of others. But if I could be around one or two people, I think it's OK. And so I'm going to try to do that if I can. <laughs> I think that's good for you. I mean, I've been out in the world with you. You are an extrovert. There is no question about it. <laughs> you do like to go out and be around people and talk to people. I do too. I mean, I, I like being out in the world. I like talking to people. I like meeting new people. And this is, this will be different, but also get, I mean, I think that being able to create a different relationship with myself and also deepen the relationship with my partner. I think that that this is going to be a special time for us. So I'm excited about that too, that we, um, I mean, I think that our communication styles will change because we are spending so much time 
with each other. So there's more for us to talk about because you also get into the routine of like, okay, okay, babe, thanks. Great. Have a good day. Go do your thing. And then they come back and like, you have that routine. Like, how was your day? What did you do? Blah, 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 blah. Did you see anybody? But now it's like, Hey, how? (laughs) but to still keep some of that routine, like at the end of the day, how was your day? Just because you're in the same house with them, you don't necessarily know how their day was. You have to ask. You still have to ask those questions. I know I have found myself checking in with him using different language, but like, how is it for you? How are you? I've also seen a different side of him that I haven't, that I would not necessarily have seen before, which is interesting and warm. And he's been, (laughs) (laughs) and it's been really nice. I, I have enjoyed it so far. I think that that's why communication is so important, right? Like at a time like this. And I know that they have called it social distancing and social distancing. But I do think we should start to call it physical distancing. And I've been telling people I agree with you. I like it. We can still connect right now, right? Like I may not be able to actually be in the same space with you, but we can still connect. And I do think about like all of the times when people call me during the day and I tell them I'm not going to answer my phone because I'm generally in session, but I can return a lot of calls right now. I can return a lot of texts right now. Like I can connect with some people that I just haven't had the time to connect with. So I think that if we can take this time for that, right, this kind of extra time that we have on our hands to kind of connect with people, that can be really amazing. So I look forward to like calling my friends that I really haven't had time to talk with, right? To just kind of check on them, especially check on my friends with kids because they are like homeschooling. They're working from home. They're doing a lot. They're playing a lot of roles right now. Exactly. So I just want to make sure I'm I'm there to um, kind of be there for them. Just finding alone time. I I think that uh, most of us are not used to being at home with our partners all day, every day. And so what that feels like and just having time for yourself. So for me, I think it's really important that we find some alone time. And then um, another thought is just if you can lead with love and kindness right now, you know, why you are at home with either your children, your partner, your roommate, whoever it is, right? Because you have no idea how um, this pandemic is impacting them day to day, moment to moment, hour to hour. So if you can lead with love and, love and kindness, that would be amazing. What do you think, Diana? Um, I agree. If <laughs> Leading with love is a really, is a really good way to go. And I agree with the communicating with your partner and leading with love during this time is really, really important. Well, think- ladies... Um, sorry. Um, that's I okay. Been, I have enjoyed my time Skyping distancing with you ladies today. Thank yeah. you for allowing mm-hmm. me to come on and have a chat with you. Um, I had a fun time today. Um, there's about six other questions I have, but, uh, looking at my producer <laughs> clock, we do not have time to get into those. Save them. Mm-hmm. We're going to be inside for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't buy that I'm being on the show more often. And I don't know if that's a good thing for the show. <laughs> we, we can ask them. We can ask them. I'll send them in, in message form. Okay, cool. I had a really good time. I liked it when Don interviewed us. It was fun to be on the other side. <laughs> and no, you know, I'm always interested in the experience on the other side. As things continue to unfold and change and the feelings change and like we move through all different feelings during this time, I hope that we are looking out for ways to continue to put it into words and explore different parts of ourselves in relationship to our partners and also different parts of our relationships. Hopefully uh, things will be healed 
if they need to be during this time is what I'm hoping. Now we're getting ready for next week. We have another special guest. Next I'm week. excited. I don't know about <laughs> you. I know. So next week, um, I pick the guest and Anisha pick the topic. So we're super excited. Our colleague, coworker, and very longtime friend of mine, and now very good friend of Anisha's, uh, Melanie Stitt, who works with us at Be Well and also has a practice and a full-time job in Philly. Uh, she will be with us, and we will be talking about grief, dating, and dating in isolation. <laughs> so that, I think I got that right, but we'll uh, we'll circle back. We'll circle back to that, which is a key part of uh, next week's episode. So we um, we look forward to seeing you then. And until then, Anisha. Until then, stay safe. Safe and wash your hands. hands. <laughs> yes, stay safe and keep washing your hands. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.